Gavin. Okay, brilliant. Listen, my name's Gavin. Good morning. I don't often get nervous when I get up and preach, but when someone blows a ram's horn, a shafar, <laughs> suddenly the tension is hyped up here a little bit. I feel like every key moment in life now, from now on, should have a ram's horn. Like, do you know what I mean? Let's start a new job. You can have boom in the background. So, uh, Thanks, Keith. It was lovely, but I'm so nervous right now. <laughs> Listen, I get the pleasure this morning of introducing our brand new sermon series, just for three weeks, looking at our Jubilee vision. It's called See, I'm Doing a New Thing. And over the next few weeks, we're going to look a little bit about what Jubilee Church is about. Okay, we're going to find out who we are as a church, what we're passionate about, and where we're going in the next few years. This week, I'll give a bit of an overview. Then next week, Simon will look at our values. And then finally, Raj will look at some specific spotlights of what God's calling us to over this next season. But today, I'm kicking us off by looking at our Jubilee vision statement, which is... Can someone shout out for me? It is not. Anyone else want to shout out for me? I'm sorry. Bring in... Uh, Okay, okay, let's, we're in, it, we're, in it, we're in an old building, all right? We need to get used to participating a little bit. Bring in the... Okay, listen, if we don't get a bit more life, I'm going to get people standing on pews soon, all right? Let's, let's wake up, guys. <laughs> Look, that little statement should tell you everything that you need to know about Jubilee Church and what we're about, okay? It's almost like a slogan for us as a church, all right? But it's better than that because it's not just a slogan. It's much more than a slogan, okay? But it's almost like a slogan. You should be able to look at that phrase and tell um, yourself everything about Jubilee and what we're about, which isn't the case for a lot of slogans, is it? All right? Slogans are really good at helping us to recognize companies, but they don't always tell us what the company is about. In fact, let's have a little game, actually. I'm going to see how good you guys are at reading out slogans, okay? So I'm going to read a slogan out on the screen. I want you to shout out, okay, what company it is, and we'll see how good we are at this. So let's have a look. The first one is Just Do It. Nike, come on, we've got it. Okay, next thing. There's some things that money can't buy, but for everything else, there's... MasterCard, excellent, come on. Next one, okay. It does exactly what it says on the tin. Ron Seal. Do you know what this is like? This is like, remember when we first went to lockdown and everyone did them Zoom quizzes for the family? This is like that, isn't it? <laughs> okay, a couple more. Because you're worth it. L'Oreal, okay. Uh, two more. Every little helps. Tesco. And finally, the best a man can get. Gillette, okay. So these slogans, as you can all see, help you to remember the companies, but they don't always tell you what the companies do, do they? You know, we, we can't tell by reading that slogan what the company does. But our vision statement is different, okay? Because our vision statement of bringing the joy and news of Jesus to everyone everywhere, okay, this needs to be something that we live out. It needs to be part of our lives. It isn't just a slogan to help people think about Jubilee Church. This is who we are. We are the church, and we are called to bring the joy and news of Jesus to everyone everywhere, okay? Um, and... We've all got a part to play in this. This is something that we all do as the church. And this morning, I want to unpack a little bit about how we do that. But how can I explain this using the Bible? Well, I'm going to read a story from the Bible, which is one of the most famous stories that um, we see Jesus um, involved with. And it's in John 4. So if you've got your Bible, you might want to start turning there. Or the words will appear on the screen behind me. We're going from John 4 and starting at verse 3. Let's read together. So he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. 
Now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sitchar, near a plot of ground Jacob had given to his son, Joseph. Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came over to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. And the Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. And Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and a well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater now, Father Jacob, who gave us this well to drink from himself and also did his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them like a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming back here to draw water. And he told her, well, go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. And Jesus said to her, you were right when you say you've got no husband. The fact is you've had five husbands and the man you're with now, he is not your husband. What you have said is quite true. Let's skip on to verse 25. The woman said, I know that the Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. And finally, verse 28, then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come see a man who told me everything I've ever done. Could this be the Messiah? Excellent. So here we have, there's a lot of text there, but here we have one of the most famous stories in the Bible, Jesus meeting a Samaritan woman at the well. And I want to use this story this morning to unpack our Jubilee vision, picking out three statements for us to look at, Okay. We want to look at everyone, everywhere, and finally want to unpack joy news and look at what we mean by joy news. Okay, so a big part of our vision statement is that we bring the joy news of Jesus to everyone. And this story is the perfect illustration of everyone. See, the lady in that uh, story that Jesus met with, she's the perfect example of everyone that you can think of in the entire um, history, really. Okay, see, if we're talking about bringing the joy news of Jesus to everyone, we aren't just talking about the people who look like us and act like us and that we enjoy being around. Believe it or not, if we're talking about everyone, we're talking about everyone. And this lady sums this up perfectly. See, first of all, this lady was a Samaritan. And traditionally, I don't have time to go into the history of it today, but traditionally, Samaritans and Jews, they don't mix, okay? They don't get on well at all. And they avoid each other at all costs. In fact, it was so, um, so deep, this kind of hatred and this difficulty between the two groups, that if a Jewish person was traveling um, throughout Israel, all right, they would add an extra two days onto their journey to avoid walking through Samaria. They would avoid walking through that region because they didn't want to associate with Samaritans at all. All right, so there was a massive tension here. And keep this in mind, and then look at verse four. It says that Jesus had to go through Samaria. And the word here in the Greek, all right, it doesn't just translate as that he had to go. 
It's more that it was a command or a decree of God that he had to go through Samaria. So our translation doesn't really do it justice, but actually it was a decree of God, a command that Jesus was to go into this place that he wasn't really meant to go culturally. God called him to this place. He'd been led by God and he was following God's prompting. Jubilee, the reason that we want to bring the joy news of Jesus to everyone is precisely that. Because we feel that we've been led by God to do that. It's his command. It's what God's prompting and leading us to do. It's not because it's easy. It's not because it's easy to try and engage everyone. It's not because it's fun. It's not because it enriches our lives. It's not any of that. It's because God has called us to do that. It's his leading and his will. So this lady was a Samaritan, but she was also a woman. And those of us from the West, it's a bit hard for us to get our head around here because um, we've kind of got a bit of an equal standing of men and women now, haven't we, in our culture? But traditionally, um, Jesus was a religious teacher, so he was not supposed to mix with a woman. Okay? Jesus was not supposed to mix with a woman. He was meant to ignore her completely. In fact, check this out. This is um, the rule for Jewish rabbis. Uh, It says, one should not talk with a woman on the street, not even with his own wife, and certainly not with someone else's wife, because of the gossip of men. It is forbidden to give a woman any greeting. Ouch, imagine that, yeah. That was a rule for rabbis, for Jewish teachers of religion. And that was the expectation for Jesus. So imagine how shocking it would have been for the people at the time to see Jesus not just conversing with a Samaritan, but with a Samaritan woman. Like, this is Coronation Street-style drama that we're looking at right here, okay? Um, Jesus was doing away with the cultural norms, Okay, and that's the thing about culture, okay, because we can, it can be so easy to put so much weight behind culture and the way things are done, can't it? It can be so much easy to get our, um, our prompting from the thoughts and ideas of today. Oh, well, this is culturally acceptable, so we must do this. Or this isn't culturally success, uh, acceptable, so we mustn't do that. But listen, Jesus demonstrates here that if culture goes against God's will, then God wins every single time. We don't follow culture for the sake of following culture, but we follow Jesus. We follow God. We follow his culture first and foremost. And that's exactly what Jesus does here. So we've got a Samaritan. We've got a woman. And finally, to complete the set, we've got an outcast. This lady was an outcast. And there's a couple of reasons we can tell that she was an outcast. Um, First of all, um, the usual way of doing things in this time was for all the ladies in a town or a village to go to the well together to get their water and do what ladies do, which is gossip. Is that right, Shirley? Is that what ladies do? (laughs) Ladies would go together in the morning and they would gossip together and enjoy a bit of time together. But this passage clearly tells us this was noon. So this lady had gone uh, in the heat of the day, on her own, to collect water. Why was that? Well, we can read into it, maybe that she was avoiding the other women. Maybe she was avoiding the gossip. Maybe she was avoiding the shame. She clearly wasn't accepted by everyone else, otherwise she would have been with the other ladies getting the water. 
The other reason we can tell that this lady was an outcast is because of what Jesus reveals about her. He says, you've had five husbands, and the man you're living with now, he's not your husband. She's living with someone else outside of wedlock. And that's not a big deal for us in this, in this culture, is it? It's quite normal, really, in 21st century Britain. But in that time, that was scandalous. And the fact is probably that the man that she was living with may well have been married to someone else. We don't know that. This might have been someone else's husband. So this lady was clearly not a model citizen. She was an outcast. But despite all of that, Jesus took the time to engage with this lady. Why? Because he wanted her to experience his living water. He wanted her to experience his presence, his life-giving presence. His motivation wasn't just to be controversial for the sake of it, but he knew that this lady needed to experience his life-giving spirit. His number one priority was this lady's need for him. And we need to understand this because our jubilee vision of bringing the joy news of Jesus to everyone, the motivation for that needs to be that we look out and see other people and we're desperate for them to experience Jesus. That's how it's got to be. We should look outside and see people who don't know Jesus and it should break our heart. We should see those struggling with addictions, with issues, with um, mental health, with family breakdown, with poverty. We should look around and see these people and we should have our hearts broken and know that in Jesus they've got the answer to that situation. That should be our motivation. Look at Jesus. His desire for this lady to know him was so great that he would go against all of the culture of the day. Because that's how much he cared about this lady. This is big. Let me ask you guys, what's your motivation? What's your motivation for sharing your faith with others? Do you share your faith with others? See, if you think about our vision, we want to engage everyone. And this isn't easy. It's not easy to engage everyone. It's not easy to reach out to everyone. But this is what God's calling us to do. This is what this church is about. We want to see a church in here that reflects the world out there. We want a church that is as beautifully diverse as Teesside that we call home. We want a church made up of different nations, different cultures, different education classes, different types of people, different ages. We want a diverse church. We want people coming together to experience the joy news of Jesus that transforms their lives, but not just coming together, but being released out to take that love into the world. That's the sort of church we want. That's the sort of church that this is. We want people to find their God-given purpose and take that out into their own spheres. Listen, I touched on this a few weeks ago when I last preached, for those of you that were here. Um, I want everyone to feel like they can get involved in this church. That's our vision. We want everyone to feel like they've got a part to play here. We want everyone to feel like they've got a home here and they can serve God in their own way. That's our vision. If you feel like you can't get involved in this church, let's have a chat. If you've not found a place to serve yet, let's have a chat. Let's see what we can do. If you feel like God's calling you to lead something that Jubilee don't yet do, let's have a chat about it and see. We want everyone to feel like they can have a part 
to play. Like, I feel like I'm going away from my notes for a second, but I feel like it's going to be a season of us doing new things as a church. I feel like God's going to call people to step out into new areas, but not only that, I feel like some people are going to step up and lead in new areas. And I'm talking about some of the people who've been on the edge of church for a long time. Listen, you might have been on the edge of this church for a long time. You might have been looking in almost. God is picking you up and carrying you right into the center and saying, I want you to start leading. I want you to step up. I'm going to call you to do something new. That's what God's going to do. I believe that. I'll go back to my notes because if not, I'll get in trouble, all right? <laughs> Listen, we're a church for everyone. Second part of our vision statement is that we take the joy news of Jesus to everyone, everywhere. We're bringing the joy news of Jesus everywhere. Jubilee, as a church, as I've already alluded to, we are called to be outward looking. Church, as Jeremy said last week on a number of occasions, isn't just about Sunday mornings. Of course it's not. The true mark of this church and the true mark of our faith is how it affects our Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and so on, yeah? This life-changing message that Jesus brings is something that we want to take out because we believe that it'll change other lives as well. That's what our vision is all about. Jesus calls us to do it in Acts 1-8 when he promises us. He says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. We're called to go. You see, if church was just about Sunday mornings, like, it would be okay. Like, we might reach some people. Some guys might walk past outside and see the sign and come in, and they might enjoy the worship. They might even, even enjoy the preaching. I'm not sure. Probably not. Um, well, that would be it. Like, we might get some people, um, but we wouldn't be reaching all of Teesside. We wouldn't be having this diverse, amazing, multicolored, multicultural church. We'd just have a few people. If it was all about Sundays, it, would just, it wouldn't be great, would it? Church can never be the be-all and end-all. Sundays can never be the be-all and end-all. No, we all have a message. If you've encountered Jesus, you've got a message to take out there. You've all got people that you engage with, people that you come across in your day-to-day. And if you've encountered Jesus, you've got good news to take to them. So Jesus describes it perfectly to this lady in verse 14 when he describes his Holy Spirit being like a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Imagine that image of a spring bubbling up and bubbling over. That's what we're called to be like. When we're filled with his Holy Spirit, we're supposed to be bubbling over so that when we see other people, they see the Holy Spirit coming out of us. They encounter Jesus. They want to know more when they're around us. We're called to be different. When you're in your workplace, whatever it is you do, when you're um, at the school gates, whatever you spend your time doing, people are supposed to see you and question their, their own life. Like, what is it that this person's got that I don't have? Why are they so happy? Why are they so compassionate? You know, people often ask me, like, Gav, why do you always have to bring it back to Jesus? Like, I was at a wedding this week with some of Haley's family. I haven't seen him in ages. And do you know when you can feel your wife, like, elbowing you in the ribs? Because we're at the table and I'm just bringing every conversation back to church. 
every conversation back to Jesus. And she's like, will you shut up, man? Like, <laughs> I can't help it. Like, when you've encountered Jesus, you want to tell everyone about it. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, football was great last night. What about Gabriel Jesus? Good, good player, he scores. One for you, that boys. Okay, listen, we want to get our, our whole lives so kind of in love and enwrapped in Jesus that we share him with everyone. Yeah? That is what God calls us to do. Bill Johnson puts it like this leader of Bethel Church. He says, the fullness of the Spirit in us is measured primarily by how much of it overflows out to us and touches the world around us. We want to take this news everywhere. This is a vision. It's not about Sundays. Let me do something dangerous and quote Raj Saha here, okay? He um, shared this when he shared our vision originally last year. I'm going to quote him. He says, the success of Jubilee isn't based on how big our meetings are, but rather how many lives are transformed. That's it, isn't it? That's what it's all about. Look, just because we've got a few spare seats upstairs doesn't mean that it all becomes about filling Sunday mornings. It's not about that. It's about lives being transformed and people encountering Jesus. Listen, I think we need to be better at allowing God to lead us out. Like, I was thinking about that, you know that worship song that, that says, Spirit, lead me where your trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you'll call me. You know that song, right? We're really good at singing now. We will get in church and we'll be like, yes, Spirit, lead me. And, and we, we love it. We worship. Yes, to call me out into deep waters. We can be really good at singing it, but how good are we at living it? Let me ask you, if God called you out into the deep waters, if God challenged you to move somewhere else, go to another nation, Change job. Start leading a new group. Reach out to a person you don't get on with. Engage with a new community. If God called you to do that, how prepared would you be to do it? How prepared would you be to go outside of your comfort zone? What if God called you to stop serving in that area that you've served since year one and, and pick up a new area to serve in and reach out to? What if God called you to leave your community group that you're so comfortable with and go and start a new one? Would we be able to do it? We can sing, Spirit, lead me. But when push comes to shove, I think you might be a little bit like me because I sing, Spirit, keep me in the shallow end with my armbands on. Like, <laughs> I don't want to be led out. But I think God's challenging us in this new season. He's saying, let me lead you. Traditionally, Jubilee's been a church that sent people. We've sent people to plant churches, to serve in different nations, to bless those working in other areas. We've sent people to start new community groups. And this is all really important, and we can't forget this in this season. We need to be a church that goes. And that's hard. It's hard when people leave. It's hard when we get uncomfortable. We all like to be comfortable, don't we? But if we're going to do all that God's called us to do, we need to start getting uncomfortable. It might be that you need to move on to, from an area you've served in for a long time. It might be that your community group needs to split in half. It might be that you need to start serving in a brand new place that you've never served before. It might be that you need to roll your sleeves up and just fill a rotor because we're really stuck in sometimes. God's going to make us uncomfortable. Are you in or not? Because if you're not in, that's fine. There's lots of churches in Teesside, right? Can we take that off the recording? Is that all right? <laughs> <laughs> it's true though it's true yeah we're going to be all in in this church right 
Okay, you pee 40,000 in the postcard. That's good. Okay, yeah. <laughs> let's move on. So hopefully you've got the point now, right? This is about bringing a message of Jesus to everyone, okay? It's about having no limits and having a plan and a part to play in a message that goes everywhere. Look, I just want to spend the last part of this morning and um, just remind us about what it is that we're actually taking. Like joy news, what, what is this joy news? What's all that about? What is this news which is so amazing that we'll give up our whole lives to take it to other people? Well, let me be a little bit blunt with you here. I've not been blunt enough today, have I? <laughs> Without Jesus, there's always going to be something missing. That's the point of this story. The lady at the well, she comes looking for water. She's looking for something to meet her immediate need. She's thirsty and she wants something to quench that thirst. That's what she's looking for. And in many ways, the world is just like that. We recognize as people that something's missing and we try to fill that in lots of different ways. For some people, it's with money. For others, it's success. Others, it's family. For some people, it might be drugs. For some people, it might be career. We'll try and fill that gap, that, that longing with something else. Things like mindfulness, this modern idea of inner peace and being at peace. We'll try and fill that, that void with something else, just like the lady with this water. But let me tell you, if you look for anything that's not Jesus, just like this lady, the result will always be the same. Look at verse 13. Jesus says, anyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. You can swap the word water for any of those things. Anyone who puts their trust in money, it'll let you down. Anyone who puts their trust in jobs, it'll let you down. Anyone who puts their trust in family, hey, it'll let you down. Anyone who puts their trust in religion, it'll let you down. You'll be thirsty. Check out this quote. This is from uh, American pastor Judas Smith who wrote a book called Jesus Is. He says, oh sure, we all have our moments. This life will offer us good moments and laughter and joy and exhilaration and fun. But the truth is, at the end of the day, we lay our heads down on our pillows at night and we know something's not right. A marriage can't make you truly alive. A bank account can't make you truly alive. Popularity can't make you truly alive. And your new 24-inch rims can't make you truly alive. They may look good, but they can't bring you life. And that's so true. I love how he puts that. Anything else that the world offers us will always fall short. That's what Jesus is saying here we may get temporary satisfaction from them, but eventually, just like the water from the well, it'll run out and we'll be thirsty for something else. Jesus goes on to say, um, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. He gives us the answer right there. In case you're wondering what Jesus is referring to when he talks about his water, he's talking about his Holy Spirit. We see that a few chapters later in John 7 when, it, when Jesus says, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the spirit whom those who believed in him would later receive. That's the answer. That's what it looks like to be alive. It's to be filled with his spirit. That's the point. And that's the answer. And hopefully if you're a Christian here today, you've discovered that. That answer, that point, that's the message that we take out into a world that so desperately needs to hear it. If I get the band to come up, that would be great. 
listen, this lady encountered Jesus and she realized that everything else that she'd been searching for in her life, every mistake that she'd ever made, everything that she'd ever done, all of that paled in, into insignificance in comparison to Jesus. That's what she encountered when she saw Jesus and that's what we need to take into the world. The top and bottom of it is this, okay? We're talking about Jubilee's vision here, but let's hear this right, okay? It isn't complicated. It isn't confusing. It's all about Jesus, okay? First and foremost, it's taking the message to the world that we have the answer, and that answer is Jesus. I'm really sorry if you wanted me to unpack a really complicated vision statement. I'm sorry if you wanted me to convince you that Jubilee is a church for you. I let Simon and Raj do that. I just want to tell you about Jesus. It's all about him. Thanks, but one person. <laughs> Come on, it's all about Jesus, yeah. We have the answer. We need to take it out into the world. We need to take it out into the diverse world that needs to know the truth that Jesus will set them free. And that is why we have this vision of bringing the joy news of Jesus to everyone, everywhere. Look, the band are going to lead us in a song. Why don't we sing? It's a song that calls us out into all it is uh, God's calling us to. Let's stand up, pray, and then we'll worship together. Yeah, Father God, I thank you so much for your life-changing message, God. I thank you so much that in you we have the answer. I thank you that when we experience your living water, when we experience your presence, God, we never thirst, God. When we experience your presence, we never thirst. And I pray, would you give us a new passion today um, that, that makes us just desperate to go out and share that with others, Lord. And God, I pray, would this church reflect the beautiful diversity that we see outside, God. In this next season, I pray for many new people to come and be part of this family from different backgrounds, God. I pray people from different education groups. I pray people from different family backgrounds, God. I pray different language groups, Lord. Would we see a beautiful, diverse church of lives transformed by you, God? And Lord, we don't just want to gather people. We want to see people um, playing their part in this church and released into your calling and your purpose for their lives, God. That's what we want to see in this season, Lord. We love you, God. We trust you with this massive vision. We trust you with it because we know that you've called us to it. Yeah. And you're so good, Lord. Thank you, God. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen.